Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a More Than Mom episode of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Up, Sarah. Hey, Megan. I love you. Got these. your dog nearby? I do. My dog is here with me, which is very appropriate because we're talking about pets today. Um, now, if you're a new listener, you may not know that we also on Tuesdays put out a regular episode where we do parenting advice and that kind of thing. But these are our sort of fun and fluffy episodes. And we actually did talk about having pets and kids together in an episode of the Mom Hour a while ago. Yeah. So if you were looking for like tips on getting a pet with kids, what to do when your pet dies and how to explain that to kids, we did a whole parenting related pets episode. I'll link it up in the show notes for this one. Um, yeah. But this but is this is just about us and our pets. Pure fluff. Pure just fluff. Or our friendly fluffy. Friend. Yes. Fluffy, furry, <laughs> feathered friends. So before we get into it, I feel like, Sarah, we need to have a couple disclaimers here. Um, one is that I think we both consider ourselves animal lovers, but as moms, I think we've had dips. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) In our tolerance for animals. And, and I think that like, we're going to be really real about that. Cause I think I don't want anyone to have this idea that we have these family lives where we have these house full of kids and pets and everyone's happy all the time. Cause that is not the case. Yeah, no. And I, I am going to be real honest about my current dog situation, which has been hard the last couple of years. And just like, we don't like you, we don't like to gloss over motherhood. You know, we're going to laugh a lot in this episode, but we're also going to keep it real. And some yeah. of that is, you know, not all rosy. Yeah, it's not. And and along those same lines, we do want to say that, like, we're talking about pets. We're talking about childhood pets that we had, um, which, uh, spoiler, none of them are alive anymore. Right. So there's some trauma and some, you know, relatively sad stories that we're going to cover. So, like, if you are listening with a sensitive listener, you may want to you might want to screen or keep your finger by that pause button. Um, yeah. It's not going to get gory, but it's just, you know, this is a reality of having pets. Yep. We outlive them. So should we get into it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to steer the bus or drive the bus on this episode. Um, and I'm going to ask a series of questions. I'll okay. answer them too. But Sarah, I first want you to describe your pet situation as a kid. Like 
the pets of be- we're going we're going to dive back for this first section yeah. and just talk about our pet history. So tell me about the pets you grew up with. Okay, I'll try and be quick. We had a for dogs, we had a series of golden retrievers starting from even before I was born. Like my parents got a dog and you know before they had kids. So there was a golden retriever named Ginger and um we left her in Oregon um with new owners when we moved to California and then there was a golden retriever named Dodger. Um, there was later a golden retriever named Buster. So there was a series of golden retrievers. There were a couple other dogs. At times we were a two dog family. Um, when I was, I would say like an older kid, we got a puppy who died as a puppy that was really sad. Um, he ha- was like some genetic thing. Cause we found out that other puppies in the litter also had died. Aww. So we got him at, you know, nine weeks or whenever you get him. And he died like a month or two later. It was super sad. Cause we were like probably my kid's age, you know, like yeah. elementary school, little, um, so that was really sad. Um, but after that puppy who died, we had um, like a rescue dog who ended up being the best dog we ever had. So it kind of led to a good thing. Um, and then, yeah. And then one more golden retriever that they got. I think I was even in college. So I think I was out of the house, but there was another um, golden. So I, I have a soft spot for golden retrievers. I haven't owned any as an adult, but when I see them around the neighborhood and stuff, that's what I grew up with. Um, cats, we had too many to name. We had a lot of cats. We had a lot of cats that were kind of indoor-outdoor, which meant that they also became coyote food. Some of them lived longer than others. But um, my first cat I got, like, opened up a a box on my fifth birthday, and there was a kitten inside, which pretty much, like, could maybe be the highlight of my life up until now. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure if there's anything better. And what's funny is my five-year-old now is obsessed with kitties. Like, that would pretty much make her year. I mean, it's not going to happen. But... So I did get a kitten and then we had lots of cats growing up. I counted and we had female cats give birth to a litter of kittens in our home four times when I was growing up, which is a lot. I don't know why my mom let that happen, but I'm really grateful she did because I have such fond memories. Once was when I was really little and then three more times when I was like a big kid through high school. Well, I think we were. I feel like there's a different mentality about cats, like indoor, outdoor cats were outdoor cats were a thing when we were little. Yeah. And now it's kind of like frowned upon right. in some areas, some communities still, that's totally cool. But like a lot of places it's like, Oh no, y- you don't let your cats. Yeah. We were and, bad yeah. at cat birth control. We were contributing <laughs> to the pet population. Bob Barker would not have approved. Uh, but we did find good homes for all of them. And I don't know if they were like irresponsible accidental pregnancy. I don't really know, but four different times I got to witness. Would, do cats have any kind of, I mean, <laughs> Is there any such thing as a responsible, intentional pregnancy in the cat world? I really don't know. They <laughs> well, just no. mate, right? <laughs> I guess I meant like we weren't breeding them. Oh, we, yeah. I, like we were irresponsible. <laughs> the cat was just doing her cat thing. Exactly. Um, and then I put other, we had some bunnies when I was little. We had mice oh, and rats a couple so times. We never had birds, never had reptiles, and never had guinea pigs or hamsters. So that's kind Interesting. of a picture. Well, this is kind of funny because I, I guess, you know, in my mind, I felt like I had this like up until I was born um, or even till I was like maybe three or four. My parents often lived out in the country and I feel like they kind of had this sort of outdoorsy lifestyle where we would have been the family with a ton of cats breeding all over the place yeah. and like bunnies and stuff. And for whatever reason, we just weren't, especially when by the time I well, things we were different when I was a little kid, we moved into the town and my mom was running a business from home and I'm sure she had no patience for it. but. Yeah. 
we had a relatively limited number of pets that made it through most of my childhood, which I just think is interesting. So okay. um, our cats were, the first cat we had, and I think this was already around when I was born, was a long-haired kitty named Wumpy Wibbles. Okay. I don't really know what kind of cat. I mean, it was just a gray, long-haired cat. Um, when I was three, we got a kitten, and it wasn't like, given to me as mine but i got to name her okay and from then on and i named her mary because it was the only name i like that i think from the bible or something yeah. it was the only name i knew and i thought it was the prettiest name ever so we had a cat named mary she was also a long hair calico she was gorgeous um and then when i was about i don't know seven we got um a cat named black we could just call her black kitty my brother wanted to name her wolfgang <laughs> and i wanted to name her something like fluffy or yeah. you know something and we couldn't agree so we just never named her and she was black kitty and then when i was in high school my stepmom um got me a cat named sadie she was a tabby and hey. she made it you know it's funny i don't remember what happened to sadie that's all right i, I think it's because well i went to college yeah and she just lived as long as she lived and i i don't really remember what happened to her after that um dogs we had a, a norwegian elk hound which is like those really like wiry haired yeah. looking dogs named Gus. Okay. Um, we had a collie named Dolly. Those were both when I was little and those both died when I was relatively young. And then my dad, when I was in high school had an Alaskan Malamute, gorgeous dog. Her mm -hmm. name was Nikki. She had, she was purebred and she had some weird thing. You know how purebred dogs oh, yeah. don't always last that oh, long. Yeah. Um, I think it was her heart. And then we had a great dame, a great Dane named Stella. When I was, the, that was like later in high school. I love Stella. She was black. I hear huge. such good things about Great Danes. The people who yes. have them love them. And it was like walking a horse around yeah. town. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a dog named Thumper for a hot second in middle school, like maybe six months. I think that was when I realized that I'm not really cut out to train a dog. So if you want a dog that's going to be like good, you don't really want me to be the one right. in yeah. charge of it. We'll um, talk more about that later. I have many thoughts yeah. on that as an adult. <laughs> And I want, I, I want to say the dog, it was like the, it's, it's origins or it's not its origins. What happened to Thumper is a, is still mysterious. I know at one point he ended up living with my dad and I think they told me that they gave him to another family or something. And then later it came out that he got hit by a car something like yeah. something bad happened and it was kept from me. Yeah. Oh, and then I, have I, a found story. Out. I have a story about that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We can really mess our kids up with this pet stuff, right? Oh, yeah. And then my other two, and and we did not have birds. We never had birds. We never had bunnies. That makes me jealous. Um, we had a newt once, but um, that's not really. I mean, it's like kind of like a reptile, but yeah. it's like a huge bug. Um, and we had, but we did have hamsters named Melissa and Twiggy. We got a guinea pig. My brother got a guinea pig for Christmas. We had it one day, and my mom was like, "No way!" I took it back. <laughs> don't know why that makes because they laugh so hard I, well i think that they're big yeah they're like little puppies and yeah. they make really weird noises yeah and if and they, they bite you mean. like yeah they their can... teeth are serious mm -hmm. so she traded it in for two um for two hamsters one was they were both goldens one was like a big fluffy golden and the other one i think that's what they're called and then Twi that was melissa that one was mine and then my brother had twiggy and twiggy was skinny and short-haired and um they were actually fantastic pets and they lived a really long time. They, they, those two made a much bigger impact on me than I would think a hamster. Would, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. very memory memorable. I have two quick addendums to yes, mine. Please. Okay. Please do. One, when you said that there was a dog you had for a hot second, you don't know what happened to it. I remembered that 
When we were about seven and five, my brother and I, so before my sister was born, my mom, for some reason, got a small dog. We'd never been a small dog family. It was a Bichon Frise, which okay. is like a little old lady lap dog. Yeah. And yes. we lived on this street where kids would run. It was a great street, but kids would be in and out of each other's houses. The doors were always open. And this dog was like a run out into traffic dog. And mm-hmm. now, now as a mom, I can picture like my mom had two kids who were running the neighborhood. She might have even been pregnant with my sister by this point. Um, and we also had that dog for a hot second. She just got rid of it. She was like, I can't have a dog who's going to run out into the street when right. I already have kids running out into the street. And it just isn't going to happen. So we got rid of it. And I remember kind of being bummed, but I also remember like kind of getting it like, okay, this yeah. is just not a good dog. For it's not our a good family. dog. And then my yeah. other addendum is that I made it sound like we had so many cats, but I want to um, amend that to say we didn't ever have many at a time. We just had kind of a revolving Over this course, door. Yeah. I think we, uh, lots of times we had two cats at a time. But I don't think ever any more than that other than litters of illegitimate kittens. Illegitimate kittens. <laughs> okay, continue. Again, as opposed to the completely <laughs> legitimate kittens that everyone wanted or something. I don't know. That's just such a funny thing to me. I forget. People do breed cats. That is a thing. Yeah. They're just so ubiquitous. They're right, everywhere. Right. Um, okay, so what was your favorite pet? I think my favorite was um, a cat that I got as a kitten in high school. I think we'd had a dry spell. Like we maybe hadn't had cats for a little while. And we convinced my mom to let us get two cats. And one was mine. And one, I think, was my brother's. Um, and I named mine Scout, which felt very literary because I yes. was, you know, reading things like To Kill a Mockingbird. This is before the name Scout became very popular for children. And I think it was about 14, like ninth grade. And um, it just she just really felt like mine. She would hang out in my room. It was still a family pet. but um, And she is the one that went on to have two litters of kittens. So she just was mine. It felt very um, like teenage and grown up to have my cat. Yeah. So Mary was mine. I mean, okay. she was my cat or I claimed her as my cat. And I remember being like, I remember laying in bed at night and getting myself all settled in with a book and then waiting for the cats to come to me. And they always would if mm-hmm. I just laid still long enough. And both cats would. And I loved to get a black kitty too. They were both my cats. But I would lay there. Usually the, the one that got to me first got to lay on my chest. And the one that got to me second got to lay in my lap. And then I would lay there having to go to the bathroom <laughs> I would not move. I would not change positions. Like I would just lay perfectly still as long as I possibly could. So my cats didn't have to move. And that was always like, I don't know. It was my, that was my cat, my cat, my cat love origins started, started then. I love it. Um, okay. So here's another question. Okay. We've talked about some animals disappearing. Yes. Um, dying. So what traumatic pet moments stick out for you? I mean, did you see what I wrote in the outline? Yes, so much trauma. <laughs> so much trauma. So I'm going to have to really be choosy. I'm going to tell one story. Well, they all died. All of these animals are dead yeah, now. But so I feel like we have a lot of traumatic pet stories. I don't know why. The most traumatic involves me and a cat. And I wrote Scout, but it might have been a cat that we had named Magic earlier. My mom might be able to clarify. But um, the cat, so we used to leave our garage door open a little bit for the cat to come in and out. So if you picture a garage door open like six inches, they could squeeze under. Yeah. But if you picture a garage door six inches open at the bottom, at the top, it's also kind of um, like bent near the yeah. roof, right? Yeah. So the cat used to sleep on top of the car or on top of the part of the garage door that was starting to retract. Why do you, cats do stuff like right? that? So it was up there right near the w- right near the bend in the top of the garage door. And I went to open the garage door and basically smushed my own cat. And I was by myself. I think I was oh. early high school, late junior high. Oh. And then I had to make the decision. So the cat is now squished between the garage door and the ceiling. 
And I now have to make a decision what to do, because if I push the button again, I don't know if it's going to get worse or if it's going to drop the cat. So anyway, I pushed the button again and it, it got it was dislodged and it kind of fell on top of the roof of the minivan. And I actually don't have a very good memory of this, so my mom will have to fill me in. I don't know if it's the trauma, but it has a relatively happy, expensive ending. So she did have a fractured spine. Like, it literally broke her back. You mean your cat lived? Yeah. Wow. Because it just pinned her. It pinned her whole body. She wasn't literally squashed. No, no. Because I do know a cat that was. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was alive and she had a broken spine and she rehabbed and we had to keep her in a. First in a very small crate, I think, because she couldn't move at all. Like, they didn't want her moving at all. And then she graduated to where I had a stand-up shower with a a shower door, you know, like the kind of. um, And so we put her in there for like, I want to say like two months, like a really long time where she had enough space to move around in a litter box, but she couldn't jump on anything or like run. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. And she recovered. Okay, so that's one. Um, and then my other, I, we, when I was little, we had bunnies that we kept in a hutch out in the backyard and these neighbor dogs would come by and bark at them. And they literally, one of them literally died of fright. Isn't that so sad? It just <laughs> well, died of a heart attack. Really scared. Yeah. It died of a heart attack. There was nothing else wrong with it. The, these big Dobermans would come by and bark and the bunny just oh. died. That was really traumatic. We were little. And then finally there was a litter of kittens when I was really little. My first cat had kittens. And I was, I mean, four, four and a half. And my mom told me later that they were something wrong with them and they all died. But she didn't tell me I was so little. It just made it sound like she gave them away. And then I found out later. So that was probably more traumatic for my mom, I'm sure. Oh, okay. So I have a few. Um, Well, Melissa and Twiggy the hamsters. This was interestingly, all you know, like I said, every single animal from my childhood is dead now. Like they're all dead. but, But some of their deaths stand out. Yeah. And some of them, I don't even know how they died. Like, I don't remember, which I think is probably a very natural thing, Yeah, you know, with depending on what else is going on in your life and like all those kinds of things. But Melissa and Twiggy had such a dramatic death. First of all, they lived really long. Like they lived a lot longer than hamsters usually do. Okay. Like more than five years, which is very unusual. And they both died within a few days of each other. Oh, wow. But they'd never, they'd been separated since they were babies because they started fighting when they were babies. Okay. Um, So they were in different rooms, separate cages. cages. I'm not, and I think John's, I think Twiggy was up in John's bedroom. So Twiggy wasn't even down by Melissa, but at some point we moved them both. I remember them. We moved them both to the dining room table to keep an eye on them because they were both acting weird and they both died like within a couple of days of each other. But they basically just got to the point where like they were just sort of shuffling around their cages (laughs) and not really eating or drinking. So you kind of had to watch the slow decline, which is dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom had daycare, ran a daycare out of the house. The daycare kids were like every day coming and like staring at the dying hamsters. And it was just, it was just very interesting. And you're not going to take a hamster to the vet when it's old. No, well not, especially not a five-year-old hamster. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's on its way out. Should have died already. Like we're not having it put down. I don't even know how much they would be able to do that. So, um, so there was that I had a kitten experience that I totally forgot about until you started talking about kittens. And that was my, somehow we got our hands on some kittens when I was really little, like five, like there was, I want to say two or three of them. It was like a litter, but they weren't ours. Cause they weren't, our cats were fixed and they weren't from our cats. And okay. I feel like they must've gotten dumped in our yard or something. And I remember my mom trying to give them away. And then that didn't happen. And then for a couple of days, like we were going to maybe keep them. And I remember giving them flea baths and they're, they're mewing all over the place. And then finally my mom called animal control to come get them. Okay. And I remember it was a really hot day 
and animal control drives up and put them in like, in, in my memory, a burlap sack. Now, <laughs> that might not be what actually happened. But like in my memory, these kittens were shoved mewing yeah. into a burlap sack. And then the guy, in my mind again, tossed them in the back, carelessly in the back of a truck. Right. And drove away. I'm sure it was actually a lot nicer and more humane than that. But yeah, I'm picturing remember... like um, the Disney 101 Dalmatians, like yes, the old yes. old timey like truck. Right. Yeah, no, in my mind, yeah. it's like an old timey truck. And in my mind, or... the guy was wearing a cap. Yes, that's exactly what I was picturing. A little cap. So isn't it funny how like. Right. Or what's the knows? other movie that would be? Um, Lady and the Tramp would yes. also have images like that. And so I sometimes wonder when I think back to these things, like how much of it was my actual yeah. memory and how much of it is me I don't know remembering something like yeah. kind of squashed or with filling, something else filling in the visual images yeah. with other things I yeah um another really traumatic pet moment was when black kitty ran away but I'll talk about that more later because okay. I had a happy ending okay so let's talk about fun pet stories okay what some fun pet stories that you had um so the ones I thought to mention we one of the litters of kittens was born when my sister was three probably she has to be three so I would have been 11 I think that was a a litter from a cat named magic and there were four kittens and we had a camcorder so when I was little my brother was little there there's not really any video of us lots of pictures but no video and then the difference between my age and my sister's age is there we had a camcorder and there's tons of home videos of my sister and these videos have gone down in family lore because (laughs) it's if you just picture a three-year-old with a litter of kittens and it's not one video it's actually several over the course of the time that you know, we had these kittens and they were given away, but we have so many one-liners that come from my sister handling and talking about and talking to these kittens. So that is just a really happy memory and just a fun story. Um, our golden retriever Dodger used to, he was big. We had, we had a few male goldens that were big, you know, like the big block head and just hundred pounds, like very big. So he would, we would get on our rollerblades and let him pull us up the hill by our house, not a steep hill, kind of like a gradual, you know, paved road hill and then pull us down. So we were like, oh my gosh, racing down the hill or we'd kind of let go halfway down, but we he'd get us started. So that's kind of a funny story. Um, I, another one I remembered is in junior high, I had this friend and these were her kittens, not mine, but she somehow, just like you were talking about, she somehow ended up with two and they were Persian kittens and they were like three weeks old, like before they were not the age when you're supposed to get them away from their mother. And I don't know how she got them, but we were responsible for giving them baths and we took pictures of them. And we like, they were just like, we were old enough that we were too old to play with dolls and stuffed animals, but that's what it felt like. And I just, it was like, and I still have pictures because we got out our little cheapo cameras and we took pictures of them. We combed their fur and it was just this. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That does sound pretty adorable. Um, my most fun pet story memory is when my black kitty came back after running away. So she ran away like in May, maybe it was early, um, early, like late spring, early summer time. And a day or two after she ran away, I had to go to my dad's house for like half the summer. Okay. And I remember being like just distraught because yeah. I loved this cat and she just disappeared. We had no idea where she went. And I wanted to be like boots on the ground looking for her, yeah. you know, yeah. day in and day out. Yeah. And I had to leave. So I remember giving like pictures of her to all my friends and asking them to like spread the word around the neighborhood and like all this stuff. And I think like four weeks went by and she didn't come back. And I'm thinking this cat's not coming back. And I would call my mom like every day and ask her. And then one day, I mean, by this point, it's like the middle of summer. And this was a summer between 
sixth and seventh grade. So okay. I was ready to start junior high. Um, my mom called me and just sang like there was this song about the cat coming back. Yes, was, like, the, cat the cat came back. Came yeah. back the very next day. And she just started singing that. And I was like, ah, so I'm freaking out. So I come home like a week later and Black Kitty is like half the size that she'd been. She was teeny, scrawny, uh-huh. and she had what looked like a BB, like a BB head raised the back of her tail, like wow. she'd been shot at. Um she had like the, the fur was missing, like up the back of her tail, but like in a little thin line. She had some other stuff wrong with her. And after that, she started to eat and never stopped eating. So she became incredibly fat. Interesting. And so she like became food obsessed. And then she would start doing this thing where you'd hold her and she would stretch her front paws like I'd hold her like a baby. Mm-hmm. And then she would stretch her paws really far. So she was completely stretched out, uh-huh. like doing a back bend, But she was huge. So you'd be holding this big, massive blob of a cat that's all stretched. And she was just a very happy cat after that. She was just so grateful. So who knows what happened to her? She had an adventure of some sort and she made it back to us. It's just one of those things like you hear about animals doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it really does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. One more question before we take a break. Okay. What was the first pet you got as an adult on your own? Yes. Okay. So... Um, when Brian and I first moved, we moved into a little apartment together in Chicago right before we got engaged. And then it wasn't too much longer after that we moved to Arizona. So there was a short period of time where we lived together in Chicago. Um, and as soon as I knew, as soon as we moved into that apartment that we could get a cat, we, we searched for uh, an apartment that was pet friendly. I had been living with roommates in a place that was not pet friendly before that. So I was 24 and we were like 24 and 25, almost engaged, like starting to be sort of grownups. And I was on a mission to have a kitten, like as soon as the box, not even the boxes were not even unpacked. And I was teaching ballet out in the suburbs um, as one of my many jobs. And so I just started asking around because it it was like way, way far out in west of Chicago, like far, far suburbs. So it's all farms and stuff. And sure enough, somebody's somebody had found a litter or was fostering a litter of kittens or something. And I was like, I want one. So I got my first grown up pet pretty much like the day after I was eligible to get one. And it, it had been a long time since I had had like a pet of my own. So it was a kitten. Yeah. We, we named her Roxy and we Aww. had her for a long, long time, you know, through Arizona. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, and then after that you had, I'm assuming more pets until you had kids. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. then yeah, dog, cat, fish. And then eventually Brian was like, we should just have a baby because you keep acquiring animals. <laughs> we should just have a baby. Well, so my story is a little different. So, you know, when I left my parents' house, I moved right into college housing. Yep. And then was always in a house that I couldn't have pets. And then basically as soon as I was married, I had a baby and did not. And I I guess we could have had like a cat but John was like really allergic yeah. and and we just I was my hands were full we were moving a lot at the time um I'm not gonna count like we did have a hamster for a little for a minute and Jacob had a gecko but that wasn't really mine so really we didn't have like what I would call like a real pet yeah like a family pet. We, yeah like a family pet till we got Moxie and that was only like eight years ago so yeah she's yeah I, I waited a long time it was smart of you you had well, five little kids and yeah, moved a lot. I was not in a place that I could even have handled a pet. I did have some fantasies before I got married. Like my roommate, Jenna, well, mm-hmm. she was my roommate at the time. We talked about getting a kitten. I just think we couldn't actually have a cat in the yeah. house we lived in. Yeah. And so we just, it just never happened. That's usually the the barrier. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds would have way too exactly, many Exactly, would have way too many pets. If those exactly. apartment rules were not in place. <laughs> exactly. 
Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. All right. So now we're going to dig into today's pet situation. Uh-huh. This is why I didn't <laughs> want to do this episode. You didn't? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Talk about, we'll, we'll talk about leading up to the, the pet situation, uh, the pet situation in your house right now. So talk about kind of how you got to where you are and what your sitch is. right at this moment. All right. So real briefly, we got that first cat, Roxy, when we were newly together. Um, Then when we got married a couple years later, we were living in Arizona and we got a dog named Kona. She was a mix, um, a German Shepherd mix. She was in retrospect, in hindsight, excuse me, she was a really great dog. Um, And then we also got a second cat named Rex in that time period before kids. So by the time we started having babies, we had two cats and a dog. Um, had a, three babies, moved to Arizona. We, we rehomed the cats before we moved from Arizona to California. Um, they had new happy homes. And then, um, so we just had Kona when we got here and Kona passed away. She was a 10 and a half and she got like doggy bone cancer. It was really sad. So she was old, but she wasn't old, old, old. Like she was otherwise still spry. And this was three years ago, maybe yeah, was when we, yeah. yeah, when we lived here. I mean, since even doing the podcast, I think I talked about it once on the podcast. So, I want to say she had just died when we did our episode about maybe about yeah. 
pets with kids. Like yeah. I know we talked. I know we she discussed died that. in the same period of a few months when my father-in-law passed away also yeah. from cancer. It was like really traumatic for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, since living in California, we were a one dog family, no longer had cats. My husband actually kind of developed allergies to cats over time. Didn't have them a long time ago, but I know allergies can kind of come and go. So um, one dog family, then Kona died. We were without a dog for a year and a half, probably. And then we got Xander, who is a miniature golden doodle. So he is a year and a half. He'll be two in January. We've had him for a year and a half. And he's a small, about 19 pound um, golden doodle. And he's not going to get doodle. any bigger than that? He will not. Nope. He still looks like a puppy. Well, he he looks like a stuffed animal. He looks like a stuffed animal. He's yeah. very, very cute. I mean, I can talk more about him, honestly, as we <laughs> move on. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we haven't had a lot of pets. Oh, and then Allegra got a fish um, last Christmas. She's had a betta fish in her room. That's the only like small caged or tanked animal we've gone down. But I feel like my kids are at that age where it's going to start happening, you know, like random lizards and hamsters. And I'm not even really opposed to it when actually the first half of the show talking about our memories of pets growing up, I'm not even joking. It kind of was a little bit of a wake up call for me of like, those are really important, happy memories. And I can't believe my mom let us have all those animals. And I can't believe she didn't lose her mind with kittens and, you know, yeah. rats and mice and like, but I'm kind of glad that we had that experience. So I have to, I have to reevaluate how I think about this with my own kids now that they're getting yeah. older. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it's so interesting. I was such an animal person as a kid. I remember a friend of mine, we would talk about what we wanted to do when we grew up and she wanted to have an orphanage with a bunch of kids in it. And I wanted to have a pet shelter, uh-huh. which is kind of funny. Cause I'm the one who ended up with a ton of kids <laughs> and I had no pets. I didn't yeah. have any pets for most of my life as a mom. Um, and then got Moxie. Yeah. And she's a good dog. Here's the thing about Moxie though. She's kind of like a stinky hound dog and I don't have a lot of affection for her. Like I have, I have affection for her in sort of a removed way. Like, yeah, isn't she a good dog, but I don't like, she's the kid's dog. Like I don't want to hang out with her and pet her. It's just, it's just not the relationship she and I have. Um, but she's a good dog. I think she has a pretty good life. Like I, I do wish we had more property. I think she'd be really happy running around. Right on like a, like a farm or something. I think that would be totally her jam and that's not the life that she's been given. And that makes me feel a little guilty at times. Um, but I, when she was about two or three years old, we had an opportunity. I'm putting that in quotes right now. I know this story to get a dog and I can't even remember what the breed was. It was like, it was some kind of a doodle. Yeah. It was like, it was adorable. His name was Renly. We named him after the character from game of Thrones. Okay. He was so cute. And this was probably seven years ago now. So it's been a while. Um, and for a while, it was great. Like he really kind of, maybe six years ago, maybe it hasn't been that long. I was in your he, life because I remember. You were in my that. life. Okay. Yeah. So it was probably like 2012. And he was like a, a, he was like the last pick of a litter. Like he, like every, every other dog had gone. And then the owners were like a family friend and they thought they were going to keep him, but then they couldn't, they just didn't have time for him. So by the time we got him, he was like five months old already had some kind of bad habits and he had a mean streak. And here's the thing. He was so cute, like so cute that I'd let him sleep at my bed and all this stuff. Like I had a crate, but I didn't want to use it because he was adorable and blah, blah, blah. And then he started doing really passive aggressive crappy stuff. Like he bit our neighbor in the testes. Oh, your testicles. Not good. Jumped up and nailed him. Um, He would bite little boys in the butts when they'd come over and play with my little boys. He wouldn't bite anyone in our family, but he would like bite little boys' butts. 
And I'm laughing, but it's not. I know. The final straw was well, he also would eat my shoes, but he always ate like just the right shoe. Yeah. And then if I replaced the pair to have, he would eat the right shoe again. So I couldn't even put the two together to make a complete pair. Like he was really smart and very dastardly and um, (laughs) malicious. Anyway, the last thing, the last straw was he jumped up on my table and took a poop right in front of me on my dining room table. Looked me in the eye. Like he looked right at me and then did that. And you were like, we're done here. Yeah. And so um, I went to someone I know who's a, a pet lover, an animal lover, and she happened to know this young couple that had just been cleared to get their first pet. And I was like, this is perfect because they're going to spend so much time. And I think really yeah. what it was is he wanted lots more attention. And than you I had a him. busy house and a busy yeah. house, lots of kids. I think he was stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he wanted he wanted me to sit around and pet him all day. And I couldn't. And that made him mad, angry and mad. And he acted out. So. Yeah. Um, the funny thing was she sent me regular emails, but like as though they were written from the dog Oh God! for a very okay. long time. And it would be like, I'm so happy with my new mommy and daddy. <laughs> they pay lots of attention to me. And then I ran into her at, at a bar and, you know, she was like 24. She just looked like, I don't know, every other 24 year old girl to me. So I, I kind of recognized her and she's like, Megan. And I said, yeah. And she's like, I'm Renly's new mommy. And then we talked about him. For, this was like a year and a half later. Oh and God. he had turned out to be a very happy dog. I'm that's such a good ending. That's a happy It is a story. great ending. Um and so then then no more pets came into our lives except for I guess like Scotty Cheese Hands. Scotty oh gosh. Rest in peace. Wait, I've had a lot of like pet trauma as an adult. So another I'm going to mention this really quick. Jacob had a leopard gecko. Okay. Um for 6 7 years and it dropped its tail. They do that when they're scared. Okay. And <laughs> he was like so they they drop their tails so that a predator will think yeah. mm-hmm. their tail is them. Right. And then they hide. Well, he I hear Jacob screaming, like like blood curdling, I just saw a murder scream. And I come running into the room and he literally has his hands over his face and is rocking back and forth. Like oh my gosh. the way you would expect yeah. like a kid who's just witnessed unspeakable horrors. Yeah. And I look down and there's a tail flipping out oh, all over the floor, yeah. like flopping around. And I start screaming because what on God's yeah. green earth is happening here? I'm like, what's going on? And then I look over and the gecko's just sitting there like a foot from his tail. Yeah. Sitting fine. there watching it like, oh, hey. So that was pretty traumatic. <laughs> but he he grew back. It was a little weird, but it grew back. And then um, Scotty Cheese Hands was our family hamster. That was yeah. like the first pet we got. Uh, Clara. Mm-hmm. And he was so sweet. He was a, a fluffy teddy bear hamster, golden. I loved him. I would come home from wherever I happened to be and he'd be sitting there like poking his nose out of the cage, wanting to see me. I'd get him out. He'd go in our pockets and fall asleep. I mean, he was just adorable. And one day I was picking Isaac up like it was evening and I was picking Isaac up from the school for something. And William calls me and is like, the dog ate the hamster. <gasps> That's Locked super. ate Scotty cheese That's hands. so traumatic. She didn't actually eat Scotty. She just kind of chewed him up. But the effect was the same. We had to go back and have a funeral. It was pretty terrible. That is really stressful. Um, That was really, really sad. And then I had never been able to have a cat because John was always allergic. And the kids were allergic when they were little. They've really kind of outgrown it. Like if they rub their face all over the cat, that's a problem. But if they're just in the same room and if they just wash their hands before they touch their eyes, they're totally fine. Um, And so... When I was, I don't know, maybe six months into separation, I got 
a cat. I got a kitten. Oh, no, not a kitten. She looked like a kitten because she was yeah, teeny and she's skinny. Still little. She was a rescue, and um, she's my cat now. I love her. She's, you know, I got she to, spends a lot I of time. I got to with meet me. her. She's sweet. Tell, oh, tell about the note that Clara left for you. Oh, yeah. So when I stayed at Megan's house a couple of weeks ago, we got in super, super late. And so there was, well, there were several notes for me, but yeah. I was very kindly invited to play with the cat and give the cat treats. And there were instructions saying that the cat was most fun between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. <laughs> and how to summon the cat with treats. And it was just really cute. It was cute. It was super cute. She's sweet. She's on my bed all the time. And, um, and I love her. So here's where I'm at with the pets right now. Okay. Um, and we can jump into this as a bigger topic. Cause I feel like this is like the meat of this conversation, yeah. right? It's like being a pet owner is different as a grown up mom than it was when we were kids. Yeah. My tolerance is way down. Yeah. Moxie the other day got out and had an adventure. She does this like quarterly. I would say if someone doesn't shut the door all the way and yeah. she knows there's her way out. It was actually a really windy day and it blew the door blew open and she got out and when I figured it out, I was like, I'm not chasing her all over the neighborhood because I've done this before. She yeah. won't come yeah. when called. And if she sees me, she'll run in the other direction. Yeah. So I was like, I'll leave the door open. She can come home when she comes home. So she comes home limping. So then I had to like take time out of my day the next day to take her in to the vet. And it's a ligament. She'll be fine probably. Um, but he's like, well, you know, there's a surgery. It's about $1,000. And all I can think is like, no, Ugh, no, yeah. no. Yeah. She's going to have to figure this out. So I just feel like my my patience for one more person or thing needing me that much yeah. makes me have a hard time with dogs now. Cats are fine, but it's like one more person, more, one more entity that needs my care so much. I just don't have it in me. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel the same way. And to be honest, getting a puppy was, whenever I did a year and a half ago um, was probably a mistake. I mean, everybody who's had a puppy knows this. Right. But it's like getting a toddler that you don't love as much. And right. it's like, I think, and you already have a toddler or a small I, child that exactly. you love and you, you love more. So you're never going to, the dog is never going to get what they need. Exactly. Yeah. I think I did. You know? Like I had a Facebook rant at one point in the early puppy days where I was like, people say it's like having a baby, but it's actually like having a baby through a five-year-old all at the same time, because yeah. like a newborn baby keeps you up at night, but they don't wreck your house. Like a puppy keeps you up at night and wrecks your house. It's like, yep. and you're potty training and sleep training. You're doing all of the things you do from birth to age three or four or five all at once. And I was not a laid back puppy owner. And then I had this added pressure to like train him and do the right thing. I, it was honestly, Megan, I was a much more laid back newborn baby parent than I was puppy owner. Like I would do the things we tell new moms not to do. Like don't beat yourself up if you aren't sticking to the training plan exactly. And like, don't, I just was, and I was not attached. I really had like attachment disorder. I did not like the dog for a long time. And, and my parents and my family and friends would come over and they'd like ask, how's the dog? And they'd be like, he's so good. He's really like a pretty good dog. And I, I, I felt like I was looking at a different animal. Like I really did not like him. I didn't like how I was with him. And I would say it's only started to get marginally better in the last few months. Um, he's a little better than he used to be. And I'm a little bit more laid back, but it was well, not, he, a, he, it was not a good experience. Here's one thing I will say, like, Training a dog and training a kid are nothing alike. <laughs> I mean, you can, I, I truly believe you can love and reason a child into being a pretty decent member of society. Like, yeah, a, you know what I mean? Like with enough love and enough communication and enough like 
trying and trying and trying again and some limits, of course, but like, it's just, they're humans. So it makes sense yeah. with a dog. If you don't train them, they don't ever do the things that they're supposed to do that they're, you're never going to get that back. Right. It's not like it, they're going to become adults and be like, you know, I really should uh, help my owner out by doing the right thing. Right. They're going to do exactly what they were trained to do. So I get that. Like I get the wanting to be more, more not laid back and, and, and more specific about and it. And I think there are other people and I kind of spent a lot of time like thinking, why can't I be more like this? Like there are other people who say, well, that's just what puppies do. Like that's part of, you get the, it's, it's terrible and it's annoying and it's hard, but you also get like the fun and the love of having a puppy. So it's all worth it. And that's the part where I was like, no, it isn't like, I did not yeah. want this in my life. Um, and so that was not super pleasant. I mean, there was, it was a lot of tension for me and in our house. And I just kind of felt like there was something wrong with me that I couldn't get over how crazy the dog was making me. It is getting better. Um, we go, he comes for, with me on walks now and I walk like two or three miles a day. And so that's good for both of us. He sleeps in our bed now, which actually we, he was, he is crate trained. He still goes in the crate when I leave the house. Cause I don't trust him. Um, but he sleeps with us at night. And I think that, that has done a little bit for the bonding. Like I, I actually can kind of like him now, but it's taken like two years. Yeah. That, that is a long time. And you know what, honestly, I have to say like, there's nothing sweeter and cuter than a puppy, but like, you know how some people are about babies? Yeah. Like they like other people's babies, but they don't want one of their own. Right. That's how I am about puppies. Because yeah. for me, it's a very short lived cuteness. Like I think it's so cute when it's a tiny so puppy, like their work. ears are flopping all over and they're nibbling on your hand. That's so cute when it's not my dog. Yeah. Um, which I think has led me to maybe accept that I'm just not a dog person. Yeah. I don't think I'm a huge dog person either. I like them. Yeah. They're fine. But like, I love my cat. Like I yeah. really love my cat. It's very different relationship that I have with my cat than I've ever had probably with any dog I've ever had, which is weird. No, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't have a cat right now, but I am, I am hardcore more of a cat person. Um, I know you were going to ask like how we see the future of pets. So I don't yeah. want to jump ahead too much, but I feel like I'm at a weird place with cats right now because my kids would love a cat. My youngest especially mm -hmm. is obsessed. My husband thinks he's allergic, but I think could probably be, he's like a borderline case. He is not yeah. the type of allergic where you walk into a house with a cat and you're immediately like popping pills. Um, and we, often what happens is you adjust to the cat you have. Yeah, so it might be like an adjustment period. But, exactly. Yeah. And, and when he started to get allergic was when we had a more medium, it wasn't a true long hair, but it was more of a medium to long haired cat. The first cat we had, he never had an issue with. And she slept with us and he cuddled her. So yeah. I think that's been the excuse we've been using. But here's my thing. I do not, I cannot do litter boxes. Like I, I really? just don't know. It grosses me out. It smells. I don't want to change it. I don't want. So I have gone so long now with not, without having to deal with litter boxes that as much as I love cats, I don't really want to do that. And when cats pee in the house, they never stop and it smells forever. So I'm very. Well, wary. okay. So let me, let me, um, help you out with two of those things. You know that I live in a very small house. Yep. You know that my cat went through a phase where she was peeing on my bed yep. because I went on a vacation and she got, I figured out what it was. She didn't want to go. She got afraid of the, so the dog hangs out in the way back of the house mm -hmm. and she got afraid to go back there to use her box. Mm. So she started using my bed. Um, I got a really good mattress pad. I started being very careful about keeping my bedroom door shut when I wasn't in there. Mm -hmm. And I put a litter box right outside my bedroom door and that is solved now. Like she does not pee in my room. Um, now she did pee in Clara's room the night that you got there because yeah. she was shut in there all day. Yeah, that wasn't her fault. That wasn't her fault. I left a note for the kids saying, 
be sure to keep Claire's bedroom door shut. And they did with the cat in the bedroom. <laughs> um, but that's the only time she's done that in months. I don't change the litter. That is a kid job. A. Yeah. That is a Clara's job, actually. But if she's not around to do it, I have Owen do it. Every now and then I'll do it. Like, I don't, it doesn't really bother me. But you have a, you have a big enough house to kind of hide it. And yeah. they make really good litter boxes now, like with yeah. lids and all kinds of stuff. So you might find that you can work around that. Yeah, I feel like a cat is not out of the question for the future of our family. And because I love them so much. Uh, but the other thing I have concerns about is one time we had a cat-dog combination that went great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like our first cat with our first dog, they did great together. Um, they kind of le like left each other alone, but there were no issues. And then we got a second cat and the dog and that cat. It wasn't like they were going to kill each other, but they were always like it was a territorial thing. It was just weird. And it, it was like more it was more annoying than it was. cute. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing is now that we have this dog. I don't I haven't had a cat dog combo in a long time. Yeah. Well, it's something to think about. Yeah. Um. Another thing I think that is different about me, like when I was a kid, I didn't mind smelling like dog. I didn't care that there was hair all over me. And yeah. I'm not like that anymore. Like I have my um, my little roller, you know, yeah. sticky roller thing out on the regular picking up hair. Yeah. I don't like hair all over my hands. Like I'm just a different as yes. an adult. I'm just less tolerant of things in general like that. And so that is definitely something to consider. But with me, the cat's fine. Like it doesn't really bother me. The dog bothers me a lot more. Do you in that um, regard. have like, does barking bother you? Like, are you sensitive to? Um, if it's incessant, yeah. 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 Moxie we... will bark at neighborhood dogs. She's better than she used to be. She's kind of given up, I think. <laughs> we have three really yappy dogs that live next door. And uh -huh. at first she barked at them. And then finally one day I like saw her face and it she just gave like, up. Yeah. She was like, there's no point. Yeah. They're never gonna stop. So um, yeah, I don't like I don't like yappy barking. I think it's funny when they howl at ambulances. Oh, I don't think either of my dogs has done that. Oh, it's funny. I think it's really oh, that's funny. really funny. Well, you do have the hound dog. Yeah. I do. I, like barking once at the UPS guy, I feel like that's fine. That's part of being a dog. But we also have little dogs on either side and Xander will go out there and get going. And I mean, it's, it's really only 50% him because it's being reciprocated right. on either side of the fence. But it's the kind that just won't stop. Unless yes. I bring him inside. And that, yeah. that kind of bugs me. We have really nice weather where I'd like to leave the back door open. Um, and we have a dog door that he could, in theory, come and go. But I can't let him just go out in the backyard. He would bark his face off for like eight yeah. hours. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. by let, Let's fast forward. Okay. Place yourself 15 years in the future. Okay. All your kids are out of the house. Yeah. Your, your dog is dead. <laughs> Dogs yeah. do not live until they're 16 yeah. years old, generally speaking. So clean slate. Yep. What pet life are you setting up for yourself? You know, I would kind of probably like to have a dog and a cat. I like the, I like the, as much as we just spent time talking about how we're not dog people, the things I like about dogs are much more companionable when they really are. Like I look at my parents and their dog and the way they've had dogs since they were empty nesters. And yeah. it is, it is nice. It's company. It's like a different kind of relationship when you also don't have a bunch of kids. Um, I really like the size of dog I have now, even though I grew up with big dogs. I like the 20 pound size. Like, yeah, he, I'll say a couple of nice things about him now since I spent time. He like he'll hop in the front seat when it's time to go get the kids. We do the drive through pickup line. So he gets mm -hmm. in the front seat and he rides with me in the car, which I never had a dog that did that. So I think I like that. So like a small, a small to medium sized dog and a cat, ideally. I mean, I'm yeah. just, yeah, as long as they could get along. I feel like we also need to say something briefly about traveling and pet sitting because yeah. that is if you have that figured out if you have that on lockdown 
makes a way bigger difference. I find it very stressful to find pet care when you yeah. travel a lot and we don't travel a lot, but we travel some and it's stressful. So I feel like I would also need to have that because I would like out. to travel more the older I get. So I need to have that on lockdown where it's not a big deal. It's not a, it's not a thing to figure out every time. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting for me is like basically what you just said. So I just spent a whole bunch of time complaining about dogs and how I'm not really that big of a dog person. However, there is something appealing to me about having a dog. Yeah. But I think much as there is also something appealing to me about having more kids, which is never going to happen. happen. You know what I mean, there's a time when you just say, okay, like sounds good. Not going to happen. Yeah. So I think for me, it'll be a cat. Mm -hmm. And then I could see myself having like some like chickens or something like some outdoor Ooh. like farm type animals. I've always been very intrigued um, by fowl and I've never had it. I've always wanted a goat my entire life. I've wanted a goat. I and I never this. had a goat. I, had, I, I wasn't even thinking about So if we're talking 15, of, 20 minutes, you know, yeah. years in the future, I could be living on a farm or something. You could. So I think I could do something totally different. And yeah. then any dog longing I might have, I think I just have to get over because I don't know that unless I was with somebody who really yeah. loved dogs, I'd yeah. be fine. Then and they I could take over. I think Brian likes dogs more than I do. So I think that's yeah. a, that's a part of it too. And I will say like as much of a hassle as Xander has been, Brian has really stepped up because I kind of told him he had to. So like he makes the grooming appointments. He figures that out. Yeah. Like he's done the vet. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't even like this dog enough to do what yeah. needs to be done. And who knows in 10 years when we don't have little kids, how we'll feel about yeah. animals. It's just yeah. like, it changes. And I think a lot of it, the reason you get that way is because you have enough on your plate to begin with, with the animals. It reminds yeah. me of, um, was that that movie with Owen Wilson and it? it had a dog and there's a scene. Yeah. And there's a scene where there's like a new mom, uh, his wife has just had a baby and the dog wakes the baby up and she completely goes bananas, that like loses me. her mind. And I saw that movie and I thought, I so can identify yeah. with this mom, like I, losing her mind. I lose my mind about my dog more like more often than I lose my mind about my kids. Yeah. Um, I, I read the book, but I did not see that movie. Well, there's, it's, it's a powerful scene. Let me put it to you that way. I really felt for her. And of course, you're supposed to sympathize with the dog. Right. <laughs> I sympathize with the mom. Yeah. I was like, no, uh, yeah. this is baloney. That dog ruined that nap. So I want yeah. to hear from our listeners. Me I know too. we have listeners who have done crazy things like get a puppy when they also have a baby yeah, um, or who just are like really good dog owners. I look at really good dog owners, people who are like getting their dogs out to the dog park and enough exercise and like treating them like valued members yes. of the family. And I'm like, how do you do it? I just, I'm a very mediocre dog owner. Yeah. So I'd love too. to hear from people who are just crazy about your pets. Let us know who they or, are. We'd also like to hear from people whose pets make them crazy. We want to hear from all of you. Or who are like, no pets, never, ever <laughs> kind yeah. of relate to. But again, having talked about growing up with all these crazy pet stories, I kind of get it. I kind yeah. of like, I'm almost looking forward to the phase of my kids being a little older where maybe there is a, you know, like a hamster situation or a, yeah. we haven't gone down that road yet, but I feel like it's, it's fun. It's I think it's worth passage. it. It, it is. is. And yeah. I think it's worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, guys, well, if we linked to anything of value, you'll find it at themomhour.com. That's also where you can, you know, get all the links to our social media pages, link to our Patreon community. We'd love to see you there. So themomhour.com is where to go. And we will talk to you on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. 
Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the essential calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. 